This conference will now be recorded. Good morning, everybody. This is Ann Ortley's weekly weather for July 23rd to 20 from July 23rd, 2023 to July 30th, 2023. It's a very big week this week with the nodes having recently shifted into Aries and Libra and two fingers of God, one with Venus and one with Mercury as the apex in Leo, sextiling Pluto and Neptune and three Pluto square the nodes aspects. Um, when there's this much stuff going on, it tends to make the world very wild. So we're gonna watch for a very wild world this week. As you might've guessed, I'm having wild in my life this is happening on Tuesday morning, but it was that kind of week. And, you know, doing this podcast, it's about four hours start to finish, you know, and I do try and break it up. I have to prep the slides and do the research, do the recording, and then do the loading up and editing. So it's a little late, but it was also a big week. So I didn't want to miss, but I, when it is late, that's also something to remember. It means Anne doesn't have four hours on her time in her in her life it's just crazy um and so that's kind of uh that's kind of it. in august it will be on time because i'm taking the month of august off so that's good but then in september we'll see what happens so anyway on to the week uh this is a biggie but especially because of the three pluto squares and because the nodes recently changed signs into uh aries and libra where they're beginning a new year and a half long journey so off we go into the energy of the week, and hopefully um, this will be helpful to you, even though it's a bit late. Uh, so here we have the aspects this week. Of course, Venus stationed to go retrograde last weekend, as did Eris and Pluto, as did Eris and Chiron. The, the three fire girls are all going backwards now. Uh, Chiron's kind of you know a mixed bag, so he can he can go either way. But um, three fire planets all stationing to go retrograde makes it very passionate, intense energy in the sky. You may have noticed in your own life. I certainly did in mine. Uh, we have Venus in her retrograde. She is officially retrograde. She went retrograde on July 22nd. She will be there until August 13th, when she turns direct at 12 or August, she went retrograde um, and August 13th, she has a Sun-Venus conjunction. I haven't had enough coffee this morning either. She has a Sun-Venus conjunction starting a new eight year cycle. I will be, there'll be information at the end of the slide. I'll be speaking Tuesday night in New York. It also is a live Zoom thing, uh, astrology meetup and Ortley Venus star point. If you Google it, you can find it here in New York. We'll be discussing this new eight year cycle that starts with Venus in Leo. I also will do a separate thing on my own stuff. So if you can't make it tonight, no worries and no, it's not being recorded. Uh, but we have this August 20 Leo, which is a new eight year cycle starting on August 13th. And then Venus goes direct on September 4th. And then um, she leaves her shadow on October 6th when we will have another finger of God in the sky that first week in October, the same as the one we're having now. And then she leaves Leo on October 8th. So there's this huge finger of God up there, which is very faded, encouraging us to move in a new direction. Look at where 28 Leo is in your life. The finger of God is being fed by Pluto, the planet of transformation and change, and Neptune, the planet of dreams and visions and you know what it is you're creating. 
the finger of God looks like this. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Mars go through it. We had Pallas Athena go through it. We have Venus parked in it. So she's just kind of sitting up there at 28. You can see she's talking to the two legs of Pluto in uh, Capricorn and uh, Neptune in Pisces. So very intense energy. And of course, when planets are at what we call the anoretic degrees or the last degrees of a sign, it's a big friggin' deal. So this is a big frigging deal, uh, finger of God. So it's parked, it's forming, it's, uh, it's intense, and it's speaking to what we love. Why do we love it? What, what are we gonna do next about what we love? And where are we heading? So forward. Uh, previously, uh, last week, the nodes shifted on Monday from water and earth into air and fire. Everything just heated up a little, literally all over the world. It's like 96 here today in New York and hotter other places. My sister collapsed on a walk because she was so dehydrated. The fire department brought her home. Um, so it's, you know, be careful out there. They're talking about people and, you know, hiking in the woods and tipping over and that's it for them. So just carry water if you go hiking. It's very hot. And the nodes are in Aries and Libra for a year and a half. Now, what we know with astrology is it's cyclical. The last time this cycle happened, uh, well, this, this particular cycle ends in January of 2025. So it's a year and a half. So we know it's kind of a biggie. And of course that encompasses the upcoming election, right? Um, Cause that's when uh, con the new Congress, the new, the new president is inaugurated um, January 20th. So the energy of this nodal return encourages us to think back to the earlier cycles. So in your own life, think back to what was going on December 04 to June of 06, there was an initiating energy. The, that chapter should have just finished up and you're starting a new one. Think back to April of 1986 to December of 87. Again, a cycle began then that is now wrapping up and turning into something else. Think back to August of 67 to April of 69. In my life, that's when my family moved and my aunt left the convent. My cousins were just here. The cousins I got because Aunt Carol married Uncle Lou. They came to visit on Sunday, which is partly why I hadn't seen them. Hadn't seen Jeff in probably 15 years. And I hadn't seen Julie since uh, Matthew got married in California, which was maybe 08. Or, or 18, I think it was 18. Um, I mean, I talked to them, you know, we're friends on Facebook, but, you know, having them in the living room and eating food, which I posted on Facebook. Um, so those of you following me on Facebook went, uh-oh, looks like she's having a party. She's probably not going to do the weekly weather tonight. Um, and then January of 49 to July of 50, for those of you. So I can I can cite specific things that happened each of those years that were major turning points in my life. In addition to my aunt coming home, I also went to, um, I changed schools from public schools to Catholic school, Catholic high school and got into religion and theology and learning all sorts of things. So that I really loved, you know, questioning, thinking. So for all of you, think what was going on then when the nodes shifted, because that's this new focus, which runs until January of 2025. Uh, we also are having, as I mentioned, the Venus-Sun conjunction. Um, so this is the this is the condition we're having now, 
uh, Venus and Sun alignment. This is what's called an inferior conjunction because Venus is retrograde. When Venus and the Sun meet up direct, means it's a superior conjunction. She's on the far side of the Sun. Um, the inferior conjunction acts, I like to kind of think of it instead of inferior as interior because it acts like a new moon. It invites us to think about, well, what is it we want to create? Where do we want to go next? What's our inspiration? Why are we being inspired to do this? So back in 19, I asked my two assistants, Rachel and uh, Rose, what they were doing in August of 15. And Rachel said, well, I decided I was going to kind of stop partying and I was going to look to date nice guy, you know, nice guys because I want to get married and have, have a kid and a family and, you know, grow my life. And so four years later in 19, she'd met Spencer, who was her best friend and was she was getting married to him in a few months. And now they have beautiful Sheena, their daughter. Um, but that was her that was her commitment in, in 15. My assistant Rose was in a bad play in Baltimore and she wanted to write a she thought I can write a better play. So she had started working on it and she wrote a play, which was getting considered for off-off-Broadway. got delayed a little bit because of COVID, but it did get produced off-Broadway. And now Rose has a new play that she is, you know, bringing out, you know, doing tests, you know, whatever they do when they raise money for it. Um, sample readings or something, you know, it's, I know, I know the term. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. But at any rate, this new beginning cycle. So we're all looking at, gee, look at what I accomplished since 15. That cycle's ending. And now you're putting in a new cycle um, eight years later, because this whole cycle takes eight years. So four years from now, you will see what you planted this summer ripening. Um, so we watch that. Now, the other thing that's happening this week is Pluto square the nodes. So the first one was on Sunday. And, you know, the Pluto square the nodes, you can see Pluto up here. He's a 29. He's squaring the nodes here. And last week, you know, we got the word there was an indictment. You know, there was a target letter mailed and everybody went, blah, 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 right, the whole thing. Well, this week with three squares of Pluto to the nodes, we can expect the indictments to be delivered. And that square there is very strong. We also see the sun having just gone into Leo. Pluto squares these nodes, it's choice points, decision points, new ideas. Notice he's at the last degree of Capricorn. The nodes are at early, uh, they're at um, 29 Aries because the nodes go backwards. So this presents a crossroads. Now the North Node is ruled by Mars. Mars is over here on a world point in Virgo, seven and a half, um, opposite Saturn. Mars is past Saturn. Saturn is the roadblock, Saturn is caution, Saturn says proceed slowly. So last week when I was telling you it was gonna feel a little bit like you were spinning your wheels, now you're moving forward. Mars is driving that north node. Venus, if you remember, is forming a finger of God and she can see the little S there, she's stopped in the sky. She's forming a finger of God, one of her legs is the Pluto. So this finger of God is tied to your fate, your choices, the choices you make this week. You know, and some, you know, a lot of times I'll say to people, hey, you got free will, you're good, but you know, there'll be times when there's fate. This is one of those fated weeks, F-A-T-E-D. So fate, 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 chose wisely. Choose towards the growth, 
to choose towards the positive. You're going to feel a little fear because the Virgo planets go, well, you know, what if this happens? What if that happens? What do we? So you say to the Virgo planets, let's make a plan because that calms them down from worrying into planning. Because if they feel like they can make a plan, it calms the anxiety. Notice on this first square of the nodes, Moon in Virgo is trying to Pluto and is saying, okay, make a plan, have a vision. And Moon trying Pluto is the closing aspect. And the Moon's kicking things up. There is no air in the sky. That makes people unable to communicate. No air, hard to find the words to express the feelings. And when you do, Mercury's in Leo, so Mercury and Leo goes, I, 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 what can, can't, need to, want to, whatever the I am is that's coming out of your mouth or piping up in your heart that maybe you're a little afraid to say, there's a part of you that goes, I am, bop, bop. And whatever that is, this is, this is the time to start moving towards it. That was Sunday. Next up, Chiron stationed retrograde on Sunday. As I said, Venus is retrograde, Eris is retrograde, Chiron is retrograde, the three fire energies. So Chiron going retrograde till Sagittarius time, till November, December, invites us to revisit some of the areas that we felt a little wounded in. But also Chiron is in Aries. So he, he wants to go forward, but he's afraid to. Remember Chiron is always our fear. And we look at the sign. Aries. Well, Aries like to go first. They like to go forward. And Chiron goes, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe somebody else could jump off that diving board first. <laughs> or should bungee jump before you do. So kind of just listen to that. Doesn't mean you're not going to do it. Just means you're thinking a little before you jump into the water or before you jump into the energy. And, and in this case, Chiron is paused. You know, he's stopped and he's up there hanging out near the note of fate. Not on it, but, you know, it's making you think about the choices that you're going to make. We still have Mars on the world point, seven and a half of Virgo. And so that energy of forward motion past the restraints of Saturn, we also are going to have Pallas Athena go past the restraints of Saturn. Pallas Athena is the legal system, justice. She rules Athens. Usually when that happens. There's Athens in the news, so watch for new. We do have Greek on, Greece on fire from the heat of the you know the heat of Europe, so there's a lot of fires burning in Greece. Um, but I thought they were in roads. But at any rate, this this energy of intense passion. On Sunday we also have Mercury square Uranus, right, which was kind of an aha, a moment of seeing things, a moment of figuring things out, a moment of separating. So last week, a lot of people made decisions, and this week they were acting on them. That's that Mercury square Uranus. You actually go, okay, I am going to do this. And that's that Mercury square Uranus. Because Mercury is I am, Uranus is breaks, shifts, changes, adjustments. Mercury square Uranus adjusts things and says, make that change. And so you go, okay. And Mars is still on a world point making a change. And Mars Athena are on a world point, their midpoint, inviting us to make a strategic change. What's your strategy for how you're going to do this? Next up on Tuesday, today, 
we have Pluto square nodes pass too. Okay, so this is the second pass of Pluto to the nodes, which is intense, is passionate, and we also have the moon over here coming to the south node in Libra. That's a big deal when that moon's on that south node because the moon is going to emotionally trigger things. Moon is in Libra, Libra is papers. Papers you're gonna get, papers you're gonna file, papers you're gonna see. And the moon is of course going to square Pluto as she goes void today on Tuesday. So I think there's a good good chance of papers being delivered Tuesday and I wanted to record this before they got delivered because this moon square. But at any rate, with Pluto squaring the nodes, this is part two and it kind of encourages us to uh, think about things, to you know get reports, to figure stuff out and also to communicate. We have more air, a lot of fixed energy in the sky, meaning people are kind of in their positions a little bit locked in. And so honoring that, you know, that's important. Next up, Mercury on Wednesday forms a finger of fate as he moves an orb of this finger of God that Venus is forming up there still. Now notice she's still at 28, Leo, quincunx to Pluto, quincunx to Neptune, but now Mercury is stepping in. Mercury is communication, ideas, friends, collaborators, connections, your siblings, conversations, papers. So Mercury's moving into a finger of fate. Again, no air, very no air in the energy, which means we're not talking, we're doing. So it's important, you know, that, and also sometimes when I see this, I say to people, don't actually talk about it, just do it. Because when you, and I have a Mercury Mars square, so I know that, that uh, thing. A lot of times when I talk about it, I feel like I've already done it, even though I haven't. <laughs> because when you talk about it, you feel like you've started it, which you have. You're planning, but you're not actually doing. So this is an action-oriented Pluto square of the nodes of fate. Number two, there's another one yet to come. Pluto is in the last degree of Capricorn once every 248 years. This is rare. Rare. Nodes are in 29 degree of Aries once every 19 years. I think if you multiply 248 times 19, that gives you an idea of how often, how many years out this happens every time. But this is very, very unusual, right? And so the energy is incredibly intense. So uh, check on your people that are depressed. This is like a classic, uh, classic suicide aspects which we don't like to think about, but it happens. People that are just at the edge of their very last rope and can't take it a moment more. This is kind of the unexpected, somebody drops dead and you're like, wow, they just dropped dead. Yes, it's sudden, unexpected, rapid change. So that energy, you know, you're, you know you've got a little heart thing going on, you hop off your exercise machine, feel, your heart's feeling a little weird, take some aspirin, Call 911. Do not fool around with these aspects. Somebody says, gee, I've got a blinding headache, North Node in Aries. Say, I've never had a headache like this before. Take them to the doctor. Don't let them go to sleep. They may have an aneurysm rupturing. I'm serious. This stuff is intense and very, very focused. Notice the finger of God and Mercury are both trying to that North Node. Things are going to happen rapidly. 
the energy, I, whenever I see energy like this, I always pop those Mission Impossible songs. Bum, bum, ba, da, dum, bum, ba, da. That one, you know. And then when you watch when they run this, they run the thing and then everything synchronizes perfectly and they go and all that stuff comes together. That's the energy of this square. It's got this synchronization, synchronization that's very intense. And it happens on Wednesday when the finger of fate forms. Watch the news, watch your life, watch what you hear. Might be a little shocked. All good part of the energy of change and shifting. So this is a, a very um, interesting, interesting day, Wednesday. Next, Mercury meets Venus. Hey, they like each other. This is a friendly thing, but they're hanging out together as they're both forming fingers of God in the sky. <laughs> so the two of them are plotting big stuff. So just be like, all right, and notice Pallas Athena now at seven and a half of the Virgo is on the world point. So we've got these energies of big doings in the heavens. Now we have some air, so things are gonna be talked about. That's gonna be on Thursday. And then we have Mercury entering Virgo, which is one of his favorite signs. In Leo, he's, he's working more on his own, talking about what he wants. In Virgo, he turns into, okay, let's be of service and get this out in the world. And he is opposite Saturn. So he's talking uh, precisely. He's talking in communication. His communication is focused and very, very clear. And remember that's Friday when Mercury is in Virgo. He speaks to a, um, a definitive form of communication. He's not, not he doesn't, he's an editor. He uses precise words. He he picks the proper word for it, you know. And sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast, uh, and they they say a phrase that I I don't know the meaning of, and then I love it when they go, and that means this, you know. Um, so I was listening to Andrew Weissman, who I adore, who's a um a legal analyst, and he said something about um jury pools and he said he used a phrase and it, what it meant was the juror wants to get on the jury to you know to hang the jury right and I remember in New York back when I was uh, back in the as it was in the late 80s there was a young man named uh, Chamber, Chambers I believe it was and he had killed a woman um, uh, strangled her in Central Park picked her up at Dorian's Red Hand, which was a bar here on the Upper East Side. Jennifer Levine, he picked her up. Robert Chambers was his name. And one of my coworkers was a dad with three sons, and he was a single dad. And he's, you know, one of those guys that really didn't like women very much. Um, you know, and as a woman, you can always tell. <laughs> You're a guy that doesn't, you know, you might have had sex with him to have three kids, but you don't really like them. But at any rate, he wanted to get on that jury because he thought Robert Chambers should get off. And, and what had happened was, you know, there was a whole controversy. She had diamond earrings on, but the jury wasn't allowed to see that when they found the body, the diamond earrings were gone. And the Chambers kid had a drug habit and, you know, he killed her, stole her, her earrings. You know, there was a whole thing. She was strangled and left in Central Park. He wanted to be on that jury. And 
uh, and he really had very strong opinions about it. And then he came back very triumphant because he got picked for the jury. And I really seriously debated calling the judge and saying, you know, this guy in our office, he has an opinion about this case. And I don't think he should be on it. He thinks Chambers is innocent. Um, and he's been talking about it in the office and now he's on the jury. So I, you know, however he got on the jury, I don't think he should be there because he's not coming in with a clean mind. Of course, I, you know, I'm that kind of girl. I did not call, I did not call, but I wanted to call. But I did say some prayers because I was like, you know, like whatever, whatever this is for, you know, this girl's dead, the mother's sobbing on TV, you know, she's clearly strangled, the earrings are missing, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, well, 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 the jury was out, it was hung. It couldn't come in, couldn't come in. And I'm sure he was the one hanging it. And the Chambers kid got nervous and he took a plea while the jury was deliberating. He took a plea and went to jail. And that guy came back to the office and he was so pissed off, pissed off, wouldn't even talk about the trial. And we were all like, what happened? What happened? <laughs> and I was going, prayers work, man, prayers work because he did go to jail and then he got out subsequently and then he went back in jail again for more drug stuff. So, you know, his choice, his life. But I remember thinking this guy, there's no way this guy should be on the Levine Chambers jury because he has he's going in with a bias and he hit it from the judge. He, he wants to hang the jury, but the jury didn't hang. They, it was trying to hang because it was out for like three or four days. And my guy in the office was so mad, so mad. And I'm sure it's because Chambers took a plea and, you know, he said he did it and went to jail. So this energy is that kind of energy. That's why I tell you that story. Watch for the hidden things. Watch for the words that come up. Watch for the, oh, that's what's going on. And, and not that I think my prayer saved it, but definitely say prayers if you see it. And, uh, and think about it, you know, think about what the implication is, what it actually means, because the energy is so friggin' intense up there. And, and when you're in the, clear, in the moment of the clarity, and I remember when Andrew Weissman said this thing, and it was like compromised jurors or compromise, he used a phrase that obviously legal people do, and the host went, what, what? And he said, oh, well, when the juror wants to get on, they have an, the juror has an agenda, which happens in high profile cases. So, um, yeah, so that's the energy, very intense when Mercury enters Virgo. And then last, Pluto squares the nodes past three. Yeah, three passes. Now you're gonna go, and how does that happen? Well, what happens with the nodes is there's a kind of node called a true node, and there's also a node called a mean node. So back in the old days, the astrologers before computers would do mean nodes, which are an average movement of the nodes. But actually what happens is the nodes shift and they go back and forth. They stop, they change directions because it's based on where the sun and the moon are and where you know the nodes are where the sun and moon meet up. So the nodes go backwards, the nodes go forward. So this week they station as Pluto is squaring them. So it's one, two, three. So think about when you were a kid, you're standing on the edge of the pool. You're getting ready to dive in. You're having a race because grandpa's organizing a race. One, two, three, go, right? So one, two, three, go. And it's, or one, you know, we do one, two, three, and we throw you in the pool. Um, when we were, when I would play, we would, you know, hold you and three in the pool on the slice. Builds the anticipation, right? 
So the third square is Friday uh, and it's big. So that's the third square in this week. Um, and again, Mercury and Venus are part of the finger of God. So this is a very intense energy and it happens, Mercury enters Virgo right after you know that uh, square happens, right? So it's big, it's big. Now, it, we're gonna talk just a second about Pluto. We know that Pluto in Capricorn uh, finishes up the cycle that began in January of 08, when Pluto went into Capricorn. That was an economic collapse in our country uh, with the banks and bailing him out, Obama, the whole business. Now, as he leaves, he's going to spend a few months in the last degrees of Capricorn. He's squaring the nodes now, but he's going back. So a while ago, I did a, you know, the Pluto return for the United States because it happens once every 248 years that the Pluto returns to the place of founding. It's doing that now. And it's had its return to the natal Pluto. But in the course of the 248 years we've been alive as a country, Pluto has progressed to zero Aquarius, which is, okay, we're shifting our operating system essentially. And you know, when you've upgraded your phone, I had somebody the other day and they'd upgraded to a 13, Apple 13, and they couldn't get it to work. Now their apps worked, all this stuff was missing. I'm like, you know, I've been thinking about upgrading, but that makes me go, no, even though my phone is battered and beaten, it still works great. So that upgrade that we have with Pluto now in Aquarius in the US chart by progression, which is a predictive technique we use, but Pluto is in Capricorn. So Capricorn is government, Capricorn is corporations, Capricorn is the things that rule us, right? And so when we look at our founding fathers, this is them. This is that famous picture, you know, signing the Declaration of Independence, which was very cool. Notice what's in the room a bunch of old white guys, a couple of them are young, but most of them are old, who own land and who owned people, right? Those were the founding fathers. Capricorn, government, building, you know, how much work was built by the enslaved people. I mean, my parents, my grand, my, my relatives were indentured servants. They came over and worked for seven years to get their freedom, get their passage, the Irish side, not the German side. Um, but yeah, there was, you know, there was come and build for us and then you get your, you get to go off in the world, right? So these guys were founding the country and saying to England, hey, we don't want to pay you taxes. We want to be free. We want to go our own way. The Pluto return is to them, to this energy. And these guys with the orange dots are all the people that owned people back then, owned uh, slaves owned enslaved people. I know owning slaves is politically incorrect these days, but I'm an old dog. So anyway, these are people that owned people and used their labor for free, right, to build things. Now, one of the things we're seeing as we look at this world now, we're looking at, you know, the, the Marvel Comics guy or the Don Iger, Bob Iger, I guess it is, you know, makes 54 million. He makes $74,000 a day and a writer working for him makes $69,000 a year, right? So we're seeing the, you know, back then that we were rebelling against that. Now we're looking and going, hey, you guys make all this money off of our labor. We're revolting, we're having strikes, we're having walkouts, we're having 
We had it with the train people. UPS is talking about going out on August 1st. Um, so we're looking at the people that own the means of production having a revolution. Now back in um, 1619 was when the first people were transported here as slaves from Africa, right? And we had the 248 year um, Pluto returned to that energy during the Civil War. I had a lovely man named Vernon out in Cal, out in Seattle, I believe he lives, say that to me when I was doing the lecture. He said, and we've already had a Pluto return in this country. You know, the Civil War was the Pluto return for the 1619, which was the first time enslaved people were brought to this land and made to work. Now we're having the Pluto return against the old white guys who own land and own power, the billionaires that own the Supreme Court. So this is really interesting. So that's when we watch that Pluto return hit those nodes, we are making really important choices in the world. So pay attention to what the choices are about how we're going to proceed in your own life where you're feeling the need to rebel against the existing structures in your life. But as a country, and as we watch around the world where we've seen a lot of strong men come into power, we now see riots in Iran, we see people rebelling all over the place. And that is Pluto and Aquarius. So we had a little bit of it from March to June, but we're gonna have 20 years of it <laughs> starting in January. And this is one of those choice point times where we have to look and say, what are you saying? What are you doing? Why are you trying to control that? So when you see a book burning, you hear, book banning, you hear these people are bad, these people are, then that's a power over technique that we're up for changing. We're up for looking, we're up to go into Aquarian rather than Capricorn, where we can be free to do what we wanna do. And so, but, but in the meantime, if you're trying to rebel against me, I'm gonna try and control you. That's the Pluto in Aquarius and the Pluto in Capricorn. So these nodes are big. Please, please, please pay attention in your own life, pay attention in the world. You know, I get into politics, I'm not gonna do it a lot today, but that's what's going on. It's understanding this underlying story. And frankly, I don't want an American revolution. I don't want a French revolution. I don't think we need to cut off heads and have guillotine on the Met, you know, on the steps of the Met, like there was a guillotine in the Louvre in, in France, but although somebody said to me, what do you think that thing was in uh, front of the Capitol with Mike Pence? I'm like, ooh, that was just a noose. <laughs> but in America, we use nooses, we don't do knives. The French, they cook, they do knives, right? So uh, the energy is intense. I want you to be really conscious and careful and safe this week and take good care and talk to your family and friends and encourage them, you know, we're evolving, we're pushing, we're shifting. What does that look like? We look at our aspects for the day. Um, go back here to the Pluto. Uh, the sun is going from zero to six Leo. Now the sun moves slower in the summer. So it doesn't go a degree a day. It's faster in the winter and slower in the summer. So it only goes to six Leo. Mercury is going from 21 Leo all the way up to uh, zero Virgo. And he has that aspect with Venus. He talks to the nodes of fate. He goes into Virgo and he forms a finger of fate with the world as well as awakening question mark. 
Venus is parked in the sky. She just parked up there at 26, 27, sitting there, hanging out, forming a finger of God. She will form a second one when we get to the first week in October. So one of the things last week when the Gilgo Beach uh, murder guy was picked up, I had worked on those cases with a student of mine um, and all the victims had early Pisces in their chart. And uh, at that point, they were focusing on a different guy, the one that cut them up. There were some that were wrapped in the the sackcloth, and then there were other people that were cut up. And um, that guy should get caught that first week in October, because this one got caught now. And I'm like, oh, there's going to be a second finger of God that activates. That's going to be in that first week in October. So we'll watch to see if they catch the second killer, because there's two of them. There were a lot of bodies out there. Um, Mars is going from, uh, and yes, they know who he is, but they didn't have enough evidence to pick him up. Mars is in uh, Virgo, entering into Virgo, moving along. Uh, as we mentioned, Jupiter is not moving rapidly, but it is making changes around your home. Saturn, of course, is working with Athena, and it also has a parallel to the nodes of fate on the 30th of July. Parallels you can't show uh, in the sky, but Saturn is on the south node, which usually is a coming together of the karma. And then, as I mentioned, Pluto, three squares to the nodes of fate, July 23rd, July 25th, and July 28th. Big deal with Pluto. Big evolutionary energy with Pluto. Our moons this week um, in August back to July. Our moons this week were in Libra Monday and Tuesday. Uh, it goes void today at 11.05 and it goes into Scorpio at 12.55 p.m. And it's in Scorpio Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The moon is moving slowly. It goes void on the 27th at Thursday the 27th at 6.36 with a sextile to Pluto, and then it enters Sagittarius uh, at 8.24 on Thursday, and Friday it's um, in Sag, and Saturday it's in Sag, goes void at 7.51 p.m. with a trine to Venus on Saturday, and then, on, and then it enters Capricorn at 7.51, it goes void Saturday night, enters Capricorn 11.44 p.m., um saturday night and then it is in capricorn on sunday monday goes void at 10:13 p.m with a conjunction to pluto and enters aquarius at 11:58 p.m uh on the 31st so uh the the libra moon's a little intense because the last aspect is a square to pluto scorpio moon's very flowing that's tuesday wednesday thursday the Sag moon is very fun because its last aspect is with Venus. Plan those trips. And then the Capricorn moon is serious-minded. That is Saturday evening, all day Sunday, and Monday, the 31st. So that's the excitement out there in the world. Um, so Pluto, yeah, our big week, big week with three squares to the nodes. So as I mentioned, there's a short list of founders who were not, who did not own slaves. A um, couple full of stars, you can get a daily update where I mail it to you every night uh, with, with a song and the list of aspects for the day. And then also this week, 
I am tonight, I am going to be meeting at the astrology meetup on uh, the Quest bookstore from seven to 10, 240 East 53rd. It is a hybrid event. Google Venus retrograde and Venus star point with Ann Ortley. You can sign up for an online thing. It is not being recorded, um, but we'll talk, we'll talk about the upcoming Venus star point and the cycles, and then we'll help you find your own. It's a nice group of people and come learn about your Venus star point and how. So there is a Zoom link and you also can come in person uh, over at uh, Quest Bookstore, uh, 240 East 53rd. And that's it for the weather for the week. Wishing you a great week. Hang in there. Very intense. No fooling around with any medical stuff to the doctor, the doctor, the doctor. It's big. And that's it. I'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye.